1: Everybody,
2: Welcome to We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. I'm your resident kid, Zachary James, from Los Angeles, California. I may be 11 years old, but I have big concerns for our future. We, the children, are being punished for what our ancestors have done to our world for centuries. Decades of policymakers and big corporations have made billions at the expense of my generation's future. And the worst part? The skin consequence. Until now. Each week, we will discuss the most pressing climate issues and meet climate warriors who are working to protect our planet. You'll get wacky weather reports, play fun trivia games, and learn ways that you can make a difference in your community. We may not have all the answers, but we will fight for climate solutions. That's why I'm recording this podcast instead of playing with my friends. Let's get to work. On with the show! Hey everybody, welcome to We the Children. I'm so glad you're here. We have a great show for you today, and it's all about trees. We are going to hear from David Malarch, the founder of the Archangel Ancient Tree Archive. He's going to share some incredible tree truths. We'll also have our wacky weather report with my friend Waldo, as well as play a shady round of tree trivia with my friend Taryn. And as always, stick around to the very end for the important action step of the week. So without further ado, let's get to my interview with David. Take it away. David, thank you for joining us today.
3: Well, thanks for having me, Zach.
2: All right, here's our first question. Why are healthy trees and forests so important for the Earth?
3: They're the filters of air and water. And because all living things like clean, fresh air to breathe, and clean, fresh water to drink. And more than ever, we need shade to help shade the earth and all the animal in bird kingdoms. Without trees, none of that's possible. So, they are great filters. Good question.
2: Trees are under threat by mass deforestation. Let me explain. David showed that mass deforestation is like putting a plastic bag over your head. Not easy to breathe in there, huh? The more we reduce the world's trees the less clean air with oxygen there is for us to breathe. Trees are considered the lungs of the earth, and mass deforestation can be considered destroying the earth's lungs. Interesting. You often discuss the filtration system of trees, the roots and the canopies. Can you describe this for us and why it's so important?
3: As human beings and animals and birds, we like to breathe. And we breathe in heavy amounts, concentrations of oxygen. That's what we live on, by breathing in oxygen, and we exhale carbon dioxide. Guess who produces the clean, fresh oxygen that we all need to breathe? Not only humans, but all living things. The trees, they breathe in CO2, carbon dioxide, and convert that into into oxygen. So they pick that up, they breathe it in, and they convert that to fresh oxygen. So they filter the air, the excess CO2 out of the air, the pollutants, and produce clean, fresh oxygen that keeps us or allows us to be on this planet. And our root systems, we have poisoned the earth with progress. That means automobiles have toxins coming out of the tailpipes. They're produced out of materials that are toxic. Our houses have toxic materials that we use to build. And when it rains, all the toxins from our automobiles, our vehicles and our way of life, go into our groundwater, our rivers and our lakes. Okay, the root systems on trees filter the groundwater, the river water, and the lake water, and they phytoremediate. That's a big word, phytoremediate, Zach, but that means they bring in the water from the groundwater or the river or the lake. They clean it up, and they hold on to the toxins and release clean, fresh water. So trees are critical to the quality of life for you and me. That's how they work. Pretty cool, huh?
2: Yeah, it is. How does cloning work, and why do you select the old-growth mother trees for cloning?
3: That's a good question, Zach. 95% of all trees on the planet are self-cloning. What we're doing is we're just doing the same thing they do in Mother Nature, but we're doing it in laboratories so that we can preserve the genetics of these trees. Let's take, for example, redwood trees. Most redwoods, Zach, don't live to be a 1,000 years old. But some redwoods live to be two to 3,000 years old, and we don't know why. So we're cloning the redwoods as well as 100 other species of trees to get the genetics from those trees and save the genetics. So later on, when our computers are smarter and you guys are smarter, we can study the genetics, the DNA, and understand how they were able to live for two or three times as long as normal. So we don't change that DNA. And we just do what they do naturally or normally. They self clone, and we just step in and ask them to let us help them.
2: Yeah. Could you tell us more of your efforts to migrate forests, such as the work to migrate the coastal redwoods into Oregon?
3: Well, assisted migration is just what it means. Assisted means you help it migrate. Beings move. And now, with the climate changes occurring as fast as they are, we just found out this week that Antarctica, the glaciers are melting there three times faster than we thought that they were. Okay, it's getting hotter and drier everywhere quicker. So, as it gets hotter and drier, the trees can't move themselves. They can only move one foot a year. So, if we leave them there, they will burn up and dry up from lack of water and fire. So we're going in there and helping them move north where it's cooler and moist so they have a better chance of making it through this climate change that we're all going through. That's called Assisted Migrations Act.
2: Do you have an estimate on how many species you have cloned and how many total saplings you have planted?
3: Yeah, we've cloned Archangel, all of us at Archangel, about 125 different species of trees in the United States, in Europe, and we probably produce several hundred thousand of them. We're primarily research and development. You know, we're doing things that most people thought were impossible. To clone a 3,000 year old sequoia is like trying to ask a 130 year old woman to have a baby, it just hasn't been done before. So we're doing the research and the development to make those trees possible to get into the hands of nurseries and school children and environmental groups so we can rebuild our old growth forest with old growth forest genetics. So we're not trying to do billions and billions. We're doing the work and the research to get it in the nursery so they can do it and get them into your hands.
2: Interesting. What's one thing that me, an 11-year-old, can do?
3: Here's a fact for you. A giant sequoia, a mature giant sequoia, weighs 1,100 tons dry weight, 40% of that weight is stored carbon. So each giant koa that we plant will store 500 tons dry weight of carbon, and that will pay your entire carbon debt for the car, your house, for all the carbon that you consume in your food for a lifetime. So if everybody on the planet would plant just one giant koa. They would pay their entire carbon debt for their whole life. Well, you can't plant sequoias everywhere, so you have to use other species of trees. Here's another fact. If every human being on this planet, every man, woman, and child planted two trees a year and watered them to make sure that they lived, in 20 years, if every human being did that, we would reverse our climate CO2 levels back in the 1980s. We would solve our climate issues. So there's two solutions. That you, back at 11 years old, and all of your friends and your family, you encourage them, and you plant two trees a year, and we can turn this thing around. So there's we don't have to go through what we're gonna go through. There are solutions, but we need leaders by example of those solutions, like I am asking you to be one. It's a very powerful business, younger man.
2: Wow. Two trees. Yeah, that's impressive. But- what worries you the most about our changing climate?
3: That people won't get up off the couch and worry that humans are too lazy or they don't know or they don't believe that we can reverse climate change, but we can. But it's going it to take every single one of them. That's what worries me the most.
2: What gives you the most hope about our changing climate?
3: Young people. We have a thing called tree school where we bring classrooms of children into our facility. And in two hours, we teach them in tree school how it is to do what we do. And we send them home with the trees that they make to take to their school to grow in into plastic dome trays. And they become a part of the solution immediately. And, And young people just love it. And we would like to take tree school out globally so that every class of every school on the planet can learn how to do what we do in an hour or two through tree school and get busy. And it's you young people that will solve this climate change crisis. Old people are too old, we can't bend over. We're too old. There's a lot of reasons. You, to harness the energy of young people around this planet is what gives me the most hope. Because I think the army of young people like you all over the world will be the solution to get all the trees planted. That's what gives me the greatest hope.
2: Just a quick question, where are these schools located?
3: We do tree school here in Northern Michigan at our propagation facility. But we've just filmed tree school and we're putting together a tree school board of educators that has the curriculum and the videos where we can send tree school to any classroom around the world. So you can watch it in your classroom and go right through, do tree school. We hope to have that up and running by the end of this year. So your classroom or anybody that's listening or watching your blog, anywhere in the world, All they've to do is call up Archangel Ancient Trees and say, hey, we're interested in tree school. How can we sign up for the video and the audio and receive it? I think you'd have a blast at tree school, Zach. You would. It's fun.
2: Yeah, well, thanks for coming on, David.
3: Way to go, Zach. You rock, buddy.
2: Such cool information. Ready to get planting? You can check out David's work featured in the book, The Man Who Planted Trees. A story of lost groves, signs of trees, and a plan to save the planet. And keep your eyes peeled for the tree school, coming to a computer near you. I'll put the details in the show notes. Hey, mom, got any sequoia seeds? And now, it's time for some tree trivia, with none other than my good friend Taryn, and his super cool mom, Shanti. Let's see if we can uproot your tree knowledge. Welcome, Terran and Shanti. All right, here's our first question. What species predates the others? Is it A, human, B, redwood trees, C, felines, cats? I think I'm going to go with B, redwood trees.
0: Hmm, I know that cats are older than people, but I think I'm going to agree with Taryn and go with B, redwood trees as well.
2: And the correct answer is B, redwood trees. Wow. The earliest redwoods showed up on Earth shortly after the dinosaurs and before flowers, birds, spiders, and, of course, humans. Redwoods have been around for about 240 million years compared to about 200,000 years for modern humans. Here's our next question. What is the tallest tree on Earth? Is it A, a redwood tree, B, a willow tree, C, an oak tree, or D, a sequoia tree? I think I'm going to... Go with redwood tree. I'm going to go
0: with D, sequoia tree.
2: And the correct answer is redwood tree. Redwoods can grow to 300 feet or more, and it's the tallest tree on Earth. Here's our third question. Which animal is not part of the redwood ecosystem? Is it A, salmon, B, Mountain lions, C, elephants, or D, merlins? I think I'm going to go with C,
0: elephants. I am going to go with A, salmon. I don't see how salmon have anything to do with trees because they live in the water.
2: And the correct answer is elephants, C. Salmon, mountain lions, and mirlits are all dependent on tall forest trees and their environments. Here's our last question. Which of the following movies has scenes filmed in the Redwood National Park? Is it A, Harry Potter, B, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, C, Jurassic Park, or D, Sheeper by the Dozen? I think I'm going to go with B, Star Wars Return of the Jedi.
0: I agree. I know this one. It's definitely Return of the Jedi.
2: And the correct answer is B, Star Wars Return of the Jedi. The Forest Moon of Endor was filmed on location in California's Redwood National Park, only 300 miles up the California coast from his Skywalker Ranch on Lakey Walk. And the winner is... Terran! Great game, Shanti. How'd you do at home? Did we stump you? What's that sound? Oh, just the earth sizzling below our very feet. Love it or hate it, it's hot out there, people. Summer 2022 was, to say the least, sweltering, smoldering, even molten at times. While it may have been starting to feel like fall in some parts of the country, others of us are still experiencing heat waves. According to the National Weather Service, a heat wave is when temperatures rise above a region's historical average for two or more consecutive days. If you've experienced a heatwave, you know, it's really not cool. Heatwaves are produced by increase in atmospheric pressure that pushes warm air towards all of us lucky people on Earth's surface. Yay! The more air is compressed, the hotter it gets. So that explains my bad hair As we know, the planet has warmed significantly in the last decade, making our heatwaves even more extreme. Climate change strikes again! There are many problems when it comes to heatwaves. First of all, plants, gardens, and agricultural crops, all of which we desperately need, are sensitive to extreme heat and can die from high temperatures and dehydration. Secondly, I don't know about you, but on a 113 degree Sunday, you can see me sitting pretty in front of my blasting A.C. People are known to increase power usage during heat waves to keep their homes cool, and who can blame them? But this can lead to dangerous power outages, so it's important to be mindful about overtaxing the electrical grids in our communities. And if you happen to get caught in a heat wave, it happens to the best of us. Here are some handy dandy chips for chilling out. Don't overdo it. A 100 degree day is probably not the best for training for the triathlons that your aunt's cousin's nephew thought would be fun for the family. Drink your water. Hot weather can cause us to perspire more, so it's important to stay hydrated. Try not to use your larger appliances, especially ones that produce heat, like washers, dryers, and ovens. To conserve power, keep your home cool naturally by closing blinds and keeping the sun at bay. Remember folks, if we work together and do our best, we can beat the heat, or at least try to. Good luck out there. That's your wacky weather forecast for the day. Before we wrap up today, we don't want to leave you empty-handed or discouraged. It's time for our action step for the week from me and my friend Claire. Let's put the act in action and get right to it.
0: Zach, I recently moved and I'm looking for some new items for my home. But I'm trying to protect our trees and our forests by not buying too many items made of wood. Do you have any ideas for me? Have you heard of the eco-friendly,
2: sustainable, and incredibly good-looking wood alternative, bamboo?
0: I mean, I've heard of bamboo before, as a plant that panda bears enjoy eating, but I didn't know it was used as an alternative to wood. Yes,
2: household products, furniture, even flooring. Bamboo is tough like wood, but it grows like grass, and it grows faster than trees, almost one and a half inches every hour, and requires less water. It's so versatile, it can even be used for paper and textiles. Toilet paper, bed sheets, even clothing. It's a miracle.
0: Wow, so you're telling me this is better for the environment than tree-based products?
2: Just like trees, bamboo's superpower is that it actually absorbs carbon dioxide and produces oxygen. However, compared to trees and plants of similar mass, bamboo emits 35% more oxygen. Bamboo yourself a favor, and get your hands on this bambooful material.
0: I'm on it, Zach. Thanks for the knowledge, as always.
2: Well, that's our show, folks. Not to get all sappy on you, but I really enjoyed our time together today. Thank you for tuning in to We the Children podcast. Thanks again to our special guest, David Millarge. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, like, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Don't hesitate to reach out for story ideas, questions, or concerns at We The Children Podcast. Remember, if we act together, we, the children, can inspire hope and create change for our climate. Tune in next time for more climate content. Now the planet is warming, try to stay cool. This is Zachary James,
0: signing off.